This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What a finish. Walcott's going to go through and score. Into the middle. Giroud is two. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 7th of September 2015. I'm Russell Hargreaves. On today's show, Francis Cochlan reflects on his meteoric rise back into the first team. We look back on one of the most memorable moments in the club's existence in this week's history lesson. And Adrian Clark previews the Gunners' Premier League clash with Stoke City. But well, let's kick off with the Arsenal Insider. Well, Jim Van Wyk covers Arsenal for the Press Association. Jim, welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. How are you, pal? Pleasure, sir. Pleasure, sir. Everything all right? Good, yep. yeah. Yeah, good to have you on, my friend. And obviously, transfer deadline is now passed, and this is the team. It's the squad that Arsenal have got moving forward for at least the next few months. Um, still strong enough to challenge, right? Well, I mean, Arsenal certainly uh, strengthened the, the squad with the addition of, uh, of, of Peter Cech, and didn't you know nobody 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 went out. There's arguments of whether more players needed to uh, needed to needed to come in. The manager think think he had, he had enough find the, the right person but uh, after that slow start against West Ham they've certainly uh, picked things up again it's very important to go into the national break for the win wasn't it uh, they got that under they got that under their belts but um, some of their rivals do look uh, do look pretty strong as well so I think it's going to be an interesting uh, uh, championship uh, campaign but uh, there are a lot of people who certainly think Arsenal when they're on their game have got the quality to, to be up there challenging uh, for the top and we've seen how difficult Chelsea have found start of the season so uh, you know if Arsenal can get a bit of momentum then uh, there's no reason why uh, you know they shouldn't it's the same thing this season I suppose Jim there's that age old issue isn't there of fighting on so many different fronts in so many different competitions and double game weeks coming up over the next few weeks as well so I guess squad depth will be tested won't it where um, do you think that could be the biggest issue well I, I think it can be I mean we saw that that maybe uh, centre half was, was Still a, a bit of an issue, didn't we? When Mertesacker and Koscielny, that preferred partnership, once that's split up, is there enough sort of strength and depth there? Midfield seems to be an area where Arsenal have a plethora of options. Jack Wilshere is not, uh, not fit yet. Hopefully will be after the international break. So he comes back in. I mean, he, he's not even featured at all yet, has he? And obviously up front, uh, the manager's got some thinking to do now with uh, Danny Welbeck being out. Does he play Theo Walcott down the middle? who showed for England 
you know, uh, what he can do when he gets the right kind of service played in the right uh, the right uh, position. And obviously, uh, a lot now on, on, on Joel Campbell, if he's going to be able to step in with with Danny Welbeck out injured. And, um, I guess they'll be sort of wrapping Oliver Giroud in cotton wool, won't they? Because uh, <laughs> he's, so, he's so important to uh, to Arsenal. And, um, you know, without him, then you would think that, uh, you know, maybe sort of the attacking options uh, do get a bit limited. Yeah, got a couple of tweets in from listeners to the Arsenal Weekly podcast, actually just touching on one or two of the players and issues you've mentioned there, Jim. Um, at Priceless AFC says, how do we fit Jack Wilshere in when he returns from injury? That, well, that's the, that's, the, that's the key question, isn't it? If you look at, at the moment, the partnership of um, Coquelin and Santi Tontola seems to be working very, very well. Uh, I think the manager has sort of settled on that he needs one kind of defensive midfielder in there, which... Uh, Everybody seems to be saying for so long, uh, and Cockland seems to be fitting that bill very well. Um, but you can't take anything away from Santi Cotola and the way he's playing at the moment, and linking up with Sanchez and uh, and Erzil and you know releasing Oxley Chamberlain. Um, so where does Jack Wilshire fit in? There was one time when it looked like he was sort of the first name on the team sheet, but I don't think he's in that situation anymore. But that should be good both for Jack and for Arsenal because you've got a player of that quality, an England an England international uh, who is very very. Uh, effective when he's deployed, when he's deployed in the right role, and it gives the manager a, another option. I'm someone who likes to see Jack Wilshere picking the, the ball up, sort of 30 yards from goal, and, and driving uh, and driving forward. Uh, I think that's where he's, he's the most effective. But there is competition in, in that uh, position now. But as you mentioned, lots of games coming up. You've got the European fixtures. You've got the small matter of uh, uh, a trip over to White Hot Lane in the cup as well. So there's plenty of games for all these guys when they're fit. Um, to, to, to do the business. We've got Aaron Ramsey as well to throw into the equation. So midfield is certainly an area where Arsenal have an abundance of riches. Yeah, I know what you mean about Wilshire running in from kind of deep onto goal. I saw him score that brilliant goal against West Brom from the press seats doing exactly that, which was incredible at the end of last season. Um, let's read you another tweet. Uh, again, similar to what we've touched on briefly earlier. At Honest Carthick has asked, guys, uh, will Joel Campbell be considered for Premier League games? I think he's someone that could really help us, particularly given Welbeck's absence. Well, I think he has to be now, doesn't he? Um, you know, I mean... Uh... <laughs> There isn't really anyone else available to Arsenal in, in, in the squad to uh, to bring in. Now Campbell um, showed at the World Cup what he's capable of. He showed a few glimpses sort of last season, but we didn't really get a, a, enough to, to to see what what he can do. Uh, whether he's got enough to lead the line on his own as well, it could do. It gives Giroud a, a rest. I'm not so sure. Maybe I think he needs uh, again. He probably needs a, a run of games could have probably benefited with going out on loan to another Premier League club to get used to the hustle and the bustle of the Premier League rather than going abroad where, yes, he's getting game time, but with all due respect, the league is anywhere near the same competitive level he's going to face week in, week out. But I think I think he's a, he's a good, solid player. I think he's a, he's a decent backup. But is he the 25, uh, you know, goal a season, which everybody says Arsenal... You know, seem to, to need to provide um, competition for, for Giroud. But unfortunately, until you see him play on a regular basis, we're not really going to be able to make that uh, make that judgment. But the, these cup ties are, are certainly a perfect opportunity for him to get a bit of uh, for him to get a bit of game time, aren't they? And um, you know, hopefully, see what he can do. Um, and from what the glimpses I saw uh, in the press box when he played in the Emirates Cup, you know, I, I think he's certainly got enough about him to have an impact uh, in, in the Premier League if he gets the opportunity. 
And Jim, you mentioned something that's key for me, I think, as well. We saw, didn't we, Theo Walcott score a couple of beautiful goals for England in their win off the bench at San Marino a few days ago. And uh, yeah, again, you talk about competition, combinations as well. And, and Theo, in, a, in an advanced, potentially central attacking role, really is, for me, a, a serious option as well. But he is. I mean, he's, when, when, he's deployed, when he's deployed correctly with the right service, I think he's, he's one, of the most, one of the most effective forwards there. But the, the, I guess the, the situation for Arsenal is, is people maybe have sussed out how to try and restrict and nullify Walcott's threat. Because if you, if you then play it a bit deeper and drop the space that Walcott has to run into, is his game the same? He's not, not the same type of play. He's not going to win an aerial duel. He's not going to win a battle with the centre-half. He's going to outrun them all day long. He's going to leave them all trailing in his way to put himself clean on goal. And he showed against England how he can finish when he gets it, when he gets it right. But there is just still that grey area that if the service isn't right or if the defence is, is playing, uh, is happy to sort of sit back and not risk playing a high line, then is Walcott such, a, such, an, effective, uh, such an effective option. But he certainly... Loves to play, uh, loves to play down. I mean, look, Theo Walcott will play anywhere for Arsenal. He's always, he's always said that, and he is always given a hundred percent whenever he's pulled on the Arsenal shirt. It's not always, it's not always come off for him, but you know, he, he's shown what an effective player, what effective player he can be if he's deployed in, in the right service. And when he's on fire, Oxley Chamberlain's on fire, and you've got Nerds or threading those, uh, threading those balls through in Sanchez. I mean, it's a formidable front line, and you know, certainly. I wouldn't want to be pulling on a number five shirt if I could find one to fit me to uh, try and mark him. <laughs> well, so many little nuances and areas of debate to get yeah. our teeth into there. Jim, fantastic stuff. That's Jim Van Wyck from the Press Association joining us here on the uh, podcast. Mate, thank you very much indeed. Pleasure. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Well, what a difference a year makes. Francis Coquelin has gone from the Charlton Athletic bench to one of the first names on the Arsenal team sheet. He sat down with Arsenal media's Josh James to reflect on the last 12 months. September last year, you were playing under-21s against Villa. September this year, you're going to be one of the first names on the team sheet, hopefully, for the first team. So it's just, you know, what the, the crazy year has been like. So do you look back? I mean, everyone asks you about it all the time, about how, you know, the progression. But do you look back or do you think, let's just keep going, looking forward? Well, yeah, I do. I do look back sometimes, but... Been working hard, so yeah, I'm happy that uh, the work I've been is been rewarded at some mm. point. Mm. I mean, it, I suppose you don't get much time because it's always the next game, isn't there, during the season to reflect on what you've done. But I suppose you, you can be proud of it, can't you? When you look and, and your work is, as you say, you're doing work and it's paying off. You're getting results. Yeah, yeah, but you know, for me, it's not it's not achievement, an achievement yet. I'm more so, and uh, yeah, hopefully I can get more and. Uh, there's plenty of more stuff to have mm. and to win so yeah I don't just like think about what I've done I'm thinking about the next next thing yeah um, so what do you say to young players now sorry, sorry young players who are coming through you're the same position that you were in you know a few years ago trying to break into the first team what would be your advice to them well I think is if you keep working out at some point it will, it will pay off and uh, yeah I think it's Sometimes it's mentally hard, you know, we don't get the chances, but if you stay mentally strong, and uh, I think you need as well to have uh, the good people around you as well, I think it's really important, and uh, yeah, make the good decision as well. Sometimes, you know, you need to be of luck as well, and uh, but when you go a chance, you need to grab it, but I think the yeah, the most important thing is not to give up. 
and we've got lots of players out on loan, which obviously you know all about time out on loan. Do you think that's going to be a crucial part when you're growing up? Is that is, how important is it to, to experience that? Yeah, I think it's good experience. You know, you you get to know why it's all about in the, in the different leagues. Because I think here's uh, it's a lot of comfort. You know, it's Arsenal football club. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's a great club before with the facilities. And when you go around different places like this swim, you realize that uh, it's not Arsenal everywhere. You know, you need to, to prove uh, every week. And uh, especially when you go along with the Arsenal label, I think it's, uh, yeah, you need to, to give even more. And uh, yeah, I think it's a good experience for them. Uh, I've been watching the results uh, recently of uh, all City, so yeah, two scored a few goals and uh, Isaac played as well. So I think, yeah, it's going to be a good experience for them and uh, they can stay out of injuries and uh, yeah, keep performing. I think it's great for them. So how would you just finally on this, how would you sum up the last year, the last 12 months in one sentence. Could you do that? Well, I think uh, it's going to be... It's just the the word is, uh, stands out probably is uh, unbelievable, I'd say, you know, and uh, it's been great. And, uh, but as I said, you know, I don't... Uh, I want more, so, yeah. I'm, yeah, nothing achieved yet. Yeah, nothing is, uh, you know, uh, every weekend... Uh, can be a different team, different player playing, so you need to, to put the work every day and train. Francis's development has been one of the best stories to follow over the last year, and I could really see him going from strength to strength because the role he's performing is just so key in allowing the more creative players to thrive in the Arsenal team. Well, now it's half-time on this week's podcast, and time for a history lesson. And it's Adams, put through by Bold! Would you believe it? Or Charlie George, who can hit him? On September the 13th, 1997, Arsenal great Ian Wright scored a hat-trick against Bolton at Highbury and in the process broke Cliff Bastin's all-time goal-scoring record. Chances again here. Bergkamp and Wright, it's Bergkamp, he's trying to go all by himself. It's Dennis Bergkamp, it's saved. The air is in, it's in. And what a simple goal 
Captain's record has stood all these years and it is eclipsed by the man who has had a golden week. Two goals for England, two goals for Arsenal. When I came to Arsenal, no one expected me to uh, no one expected me to, to even play on a regular basis because Alan Smith, Anders Limpar, Kevin Campbell, Paul Merson, and Alan Smith were scoring goals like ten a penny and people were saying, well, why have they bought him? So in the end, you know, I ended up winning everything that the, the, the domestic game had to offer. So I think I justified myself coming here. And to break the record as well was a very special thing for me. Wrighty joined the Gunners in September 1991 for a then club record £2.5 million and announced himself to the Gunners fans with a goal on his full debut in the League Cup tie against Leicester and then a hat-trick on his league debut at Southampton. He went on to win the Golden Boot in his first full season with the club by netting another hat-trick on the final day of the season. Here's his strike partner, Alan Smith, remembering Wrighty's early impact on the team. George Graham would always work as a team and... When Lee Dixon gets the ball, Alan, you go there and your strike partner goes there. And we were going through this shadow play and Wrighty's running all over the shop, you know, and George is tearing his hair out, but the ball comes to him and he finishes, he scores. And uh, it didn't take George long to realise that Wrighty was uncoachable and just give him his head and let him get on with it. I mean, what Wrighty had was just that raw hunger for the game and get him in a position, left, right, foot, head, he was as brave as a lion. He was brilliant, not easy to play with because you didn't know what he was going to do, but um, he was a wonderful uh, finisher, a wonderful finisher. Ian Wright would go on to score 185 goals in 288 appearances for Arsenal and remains the second all-time top scorer for the club behind Thierry Henry. After leaving the club in 1998, he went on to play for West Ham United, Nottingham Forest, Celtic and Burnley before then retiring in the year 2000. In 2008, he was voted fourth in the top 50 Arsenal players of all time. Now, a man who knows Ian Wright well is his former teammate Adrian Clark. We're talking to him next. You can see Adrian Clark on the Matchday Show and every Monday for the breakdown on Arsenal player. And he joins me on the line now to look ahead to Stoke City's visit to the Emirates this coming Saturday. Uh, hey, good morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Ross. Always a pleasure. Um, we've just been hearing about Ian Wright's exploits in the history lesson a moment ago. You, of course, played in the same team as Wrighty, didn't you? A uh, little story, anecdote for us, maybe? <laughs> well, he was some player, that's for sure. and loved playing with him. But, yeah, he was... Um... He was a wind-up merchant, that's for, that's for sure. Um, he nicknamed me the Reverend, and, it, and it's something that, that I really, really disliked at the time. He thought I was a goody-goody, bit, bit of a, you know, I used to go back and do A-levels in my spare time. <laughs> didn't, I didn't have lots of girlfriends at that point. I never used to swear. He said, you're the Reverend, and, and, and it stuck. Everybody started calling me the Rev. It was really catchy. And then, of course, when I left Arsenal, nobody knew that nickname, so, it, so, so I thought it was a clean slate. And then... Um, I bumped into Wrighty a few years after I'd left Arsenal, and the first thing he did, he, he ran up to me, gave me a big bear hug like he does, and said, Rev, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I would always be known as the Rev in the right household. <laughs> I love the way he said, I didn't have loads of girlfriends then. I like the then. I thought that's uh, well put in there. A little insight into the uh, post-Rev era, maybe, for uh, A.D. Clark. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on from Wrighty and his incredible exploits and his anecdotes anecdotes to uh, Stoke City, obviously an entirely different entity now to what they've been in many respects for many years. Um, flair players to play alongside the grafters, would that be fair? 
Well, that's the way that Mark Hughes wants to play, I'm sure. He's got himself a whole crop of really talented attacking midfielders. And I think that they will score more goals as a result. There's definitely more creativity about Stoke City this season. It's the way that Mark Hughes is going. He wants the team to keep the ball better than they used to. And the question I'd ask is, are they too flashy? Are they too soft? Because... They need to be granite-like in defence, don't they, Stoke City? They need to rough up opponents as well. I think the key for success on their part is to marry the two, really. Retain some of the traditional Stoke strengths, but also use these, these flair guys that they've brought in. Yeah, I think losing Stephen and Zonzi was the kind of figure that maybe has just softened up an element of their team. I know exactly what you mean. So where do you feel that Stoke could potentially hurt Arsenal then, eh? Well, there are probably two players that I'd look at. Mama Baramjou has scored in both away games so far. And, and you'd imagine Stoke would play on the counter at Emirates Stadium. Um, he's quick, and I think he, he, he's pretty lively in and around the box. So, so he's a guy to keep your eye on. And obviously there's Shakiri. He made an assist in the at Carrow Road. Lovely in-swinging free kick. So, so he'll need to be watched. But yeah, Juve is the guy on the counter-attack that I think they'll be looking to, to utilise. Really good for the Premier League, isn't it? OK, not so good maybe for Arsenal, given the fact they've got to face him. But when you've got players like Bojan and Shakiri coming in, it just makes it such an exciting league week in, week out, when the fans get to see these kind of players. Definitely, yeah. And, they, and these kind of players would never have dreamed of going to Stoke, would they, a few years ago? But they see that they play passing football now. They want to work with Mark Hughes. And, and it, they, they just make a better side to watch, don't they? They're going to have their moments this season. Bojan at the moment obviously isn't fully fit. That's good news for Arsenal potentially. Hopefully he'll be on the bench because I really like him. I think he's a terrific player. But, but Shakiri, he's quick feet, he's strong, he's a very, very good passer and, and he's, he's a potential match winner. And if, you, if there's been one criticism of Stoke down the year, it's, years, it's been that they've been a bit predictable. Now, I think that's a different story. Mm, so where, therefore, can Arsenal look, do you think, Adrian, to exploit the Potters? Well, um, they haven't dealt too well with crosses into the box this season. They've got two makeshift centre-backs with um, uh, Cameron and Mooney Acer because Shawcross is out. So that's been an issue for them. And, and I look back at the game here last season and it was just pass and move football. It was really quick, um, dragging their markers all over the place, Arsenal did on that day. It's a really comfortable 3-0 win. So, so there are various ways we can we can hurt Stoke City. Um, I, yeah, I would make us favourites in this game strongly. And what do you think might be a key battleground, a key head-to-head -head battle area? A, a key, oh, that's a good question. Um, I would look at, I would look up top and, and say that Giroud against Muniesa and Cameron because those two guys, I think, are better at fullback. And, and if Arsenal and if he starts Giroud. And Arsenal can get the ball into the box. I think he can really cause them problems. And as it's become a bit of a customary question for you to finish off, then in a sentence, Adrian Clark, how <laughs> do you beat Stoke? It goes along with my theme, really. Uh, I think Arsenal can beat Stoke City by whipping cross after cross along the face of goal. These makeshift centre-backs look really wobbly in that department. Well, Dan Roebuck and Stephen Hughes will be here for the Match Day Show live from 2.30 on Saturday. That's only on Arsenal Player and the Arsenal mobile app. So be sure to join them for all of the action. And, uh, Aid for now, my friend, thank you very much. We'll catch you in a few days. Nice one. See you next week. That's full time on this week's show. My thanks to Francis Cochler, Jim Van White and Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Before we go, we've had a tweet in from at Louise Frude asking for a very special shout out to her super fan husband, Dan. 
it on their first wedding anniversary on Wednesday. So, Dan and Louise from everyone at Arsenal Football Club and the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, we wish you a very happy anniversary indeed. We're back on Monday the 14th of September for the next Arsenal Weekly Podcast. And until then, it's bye for now. Come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. You can listen to a new episode every Monday by going to arsenal.com or the Arsenal SoundCloud page. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast.